Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. And my name is Anthony. (laughs) I see what you did there. You're you're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing just swell. Yeah, yeah? Yes. I'm going to ask you a new question. Uh Uh-oh. How was your week in sci-fi? Oh, is that a new question? (laughs) (laughs) I think it'd be just an easier way to sneak it into the conversation. Uh, Good job. Good job. (laughs) I haven't done anything that isn't recorded for the podcast. Mm. So I watched some Star Trek stuff. I watched this dumb movie. Okay. Spoiler alert for our podcast. (laughs) Uh, The video games I've played, Sudoku. Mm. Yes. And a little solitaire. I see. And those are not space themed or science themed in any way. (laughs) So, and they're, I guess, not really fiction either. They're just logic puzzles. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you? So, (laughs) what I'm going to say is going to sound strange, but I've been playing Skyrim on my Switch. You've mentioned. Because, like, everyone always jokes about how people keep buying versions of Skyrim, but I've only ever actually purchased Skyrim twice. I bought it on PC when it came out, and then I got it on Xbox because a mutual friend of ours who used to manage the GameStop, one of the GameStops here, got a free code and gave mm-hmm. it to me because my PC died. And then, of course, I got the Legendary Edition upgrades whenever they came out. You got it for free if you owned it on PC and you owned all the DLCs, blah, 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 blah. And then I got it again because <laughs> they released it for the, a remaster on Xbox One. But that, mm-hmm. that was the Legendary Edition, I think. And the special so, edition. Yeah, yeah. And so I bought it on Switch and then I played it on my vacation. So, But yeah, now I've been playing Skyrim. A little bit. It's a little little flashback to 2011. Has it aged well? There's some parts that don't like. I remember. I remember once being on Reddit and someone was like, "I I don't like how in Skyrim you just like you get stronger and the enemies don't change." Right. Right. What they were saying is you clear out a bandit hideout at level 10, and the only difference is at level 10 between level 50 is that they carry slightly better gear. Right. And my argument was, well, they're they're bandits. <laughs> you, you you clear out the bandit camp, and then in a couple days or weeks or however long in-game, bandits come along and they all the stuff that you didn't take if you're not a hoarder, they just take it, and then now they're the bandits for that bandit camp. So that's the reason why the enemies don't change. They, they level didn't like with that. You. Well, they do, but they're still bandits, right? Yeah. Like, they don't become, like, the avenging, like, <laughs> avenging angels of the of you know Falkreath no they just stay random bandits <laughs> yeah you however are the last dragonborn and you get stronger and you have all these different shouts and you know, all this smithing and enchanting and spells and so that's why you become stronger the bandits just stay bandits my last few times trying Skyrim out I've played Requiem which is a overhaul mod that I've played Requiem yeah makes everything leveled so the bandits never level up they never get better gear they're also <laughs> not beatable at level one anymore <laughs> So it, it makes it a different curve, but we're not here to talk about Skyrim. I don't ever want to talk about Skyrim on the podcast again. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there right now. I'm fair enough. I'm good. We can talk about what good are we games, here to talk about? but we're here on wow. the sci-fi wise guys. Like how you just dropped that and just moved on. <laughs> yes. We're here to talk about straight to stream science fiction and science fiction adjacent movies, television shows, fan films, whatever today in particular we watched the 2021 American science fiction action film, Infinite. Mm. Infinite is a 2021 American science fiction action film directed by Antoine Fakwa, 
I think that's how just, you pronounce that. You just repeat what everything I say, yeah. And well, no, I just, I'm doing I'm doing the first line off Wikipedia like we always do. Yeah, that's where I read mine. I'm pretty sure it's Fuqua. Did you say the thing where it was directed by Antoine Fuqua? No, I left that part out. I, oh, I okay. put my well, own spin on it. You so you're me. right. <laughs> oh, so you're the person who writes the blurbs for IMDb. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this whole it's time a free you've job. Been making fun of yourself. <laughs> Speaking of blurbs on IMDb, hit me. A man discovers that his hallucinations are actually visions from his past lives. Mm. Do you have the blurb from Paramount Plus? If I recall, it's like three paragraphs. I'm pulling it up now. Wow. I'm not going to read this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> is it that bad? Uh, there is one, two, three, four, five sentences. That's if you click the read me. more, there's a few more sentences. Yeah, I so. think it just talks about the. Audio and video stuff. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, Anthony, is this a, this is a movie that I, for lack of a better word, chose. I'm going to go ahead and mm-hmm. give you the floor so you can share with us your initial thoughts and opinions. And then maybe, just maybe, a fact or two. I'm going to share several facts. You know I'm going to do it. This film is somehow sitting at a 5.4 out of 10 star rating on IMDb with 27,000 reviews or ratings, excuse me. I don't understand how 27,000 people saw this film. Like, do 27,000 people subscribe to Paramount Plus? Is that a thing? I don't know. It has a median score of 6, with garnering 22.2% of the ratings. Over on Rotten Tomatoes, it is 16% rotten on the tomato meter, 76 reviews, and 34% audience score. Rounding out the facts, Metascore, 28 a user score of 5.1 on Metacritic. 28 based on 27 critical reviews. Not a small sample size. Not a small sample size. Not at all. Like looking at these ratings, it's crazy to me that IMDb is sitting over a 5. Like there's such a, a disconnect. On the tomato meter, we're at 16%. Audience score of 34%, which translates to what? 3.4. Like that is so different than a 5.4. I guess the, the closest, the user score on Metacritic, 5.1, based on 58 ratings. So I guess that's close. But it makes me suspicious of the IMDb I'm looking ratings, at the weighted honestly. average, 5.4. And yes. it looks like the majority is within the uh, 4, 5, 6, 7 range. Maybe at some point those 7s will bump down a little bit, the more people that watch it. You know, if, if more people ever watch Maybe. it. Maybe. But yeah, no, 5,958 as of 5.45 on September 13th, 2021, uh, Central Time. I have this thing sitting at a 6, so (laughs) 22.2%. So, um, And right below that, the next highest number is 5 at 19.4 and 7 at 15.5. So I think mediocre is probably the best way to describe this movie, like from a critical standpoint, maybe. Well, I mean, yeah, mixed, Mm -hmm. negative, mediocre. My opinion of this movie, it's such an interesting concept. It's a very, very interesting concept. And it's it's loosely based on a novel. It's based on a story. So what is it? It's based on, a, it's got a screenplay based on a story that was based on a novel. So it's been diluted quite a bit. I read the Wikipedia entry for the novel, The Reincarnationist uh, Papers, it doesn't like besides the character's name being Evan, it doesn't sound anything like this movie. There's reincarnation. Yeah. I guess that's that's that too. This movie doesn't know what it is. It doesn't know what rating it was going for. It doesn't know what the plot is because it seems like it's it feels like a movie that got re it got rewrote or reshot multiple times as they're making it. 
for whatever reason. It was originally slated for an August 2020 theatrical release. It kept getting pushed back. It kept getting pushed back because of COVID and all theaters being shut down. And then it landed on Paramount Plus, of all things. So the only reason we're even watching this is because of Star Trek, which makes me like Star Trek a little bit less. This is... (laughs) Oh, bloody. there's, There's a lot of good ideas in this movie, and there's some fun action scenes. There's some James Bond-esque gadgets and cars. I, my One of my notes is that the very first special thanks at the end of the credits is to Aston Martin. They got <laughs> they let him use some of their concept cars in the movie. So it's really, really cool. Does, and this is a question for you, Chris, does Marky Mark know how to act? I am pretty sure that I am on record on this podcast, if not on this podcast in real life, but not a good actor. He's in some really good movies, and I like him in those movies. And then he's in this and things like this. I don't think that Marky Mark can lead. I think he's a great supporting actor. Does that make sense? Like he's best in an ensemble when he's supporting other people. But when all the the, the, the spotlight, the limelight is on him, it kind of falls apart. He's in this movie, especially he's boring. He hardly has any emotions, which part of that is him trying to, you know, he's someone who is diagnosed with schizophrenia. He is medicated for that. So I get that maybe they needed him to be a little more even keel, but he just kind of takes everything. He doesn't, his facial expressions don't change when they're telling him all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I like Marky Mark. I like Mark Wahlberg as an, I, like, I like his movies. You read about him outside of his movies. doesn't seem like a great person. <laughs> so just talking about the art like I don't mind him but in this movie in particular I don't think he understood what was happening I don't think he got bad direction because Antoine Fuqua is a, is a good director I mean he's directed great films in a bunch has of music he, videos has he directed great films he has been <laughs> a good director of average to above average films Okay, well, I don't well, think well, that the we can go through it later but i don't feel like the films he's been in or that he's directed are horrible because of his direction but he's a bit all over the place and we can talk about that later whatever it was i don't think he can direct mark Wahlberg. i don't think mark Wahlberg understood the role like i don't think he understood the character of evan because it is a character that remembers all of his past lives or is slowly remembering all of all of his past lives and there's no depth to him there isn't anything to him he's just generic action lead number one the female lead played by sophie cookson mm-hmm. she's generic female action lead number one <laughs> maybe number two or three there's just there's no substance and then you have playing opposite them playing the antagonist you have and i'm gonna i'm very sorry i'm gonna mispronounce his name and he's been on the podcast before is it chewettle it is your did i do sure. that right well, no? I, I have I have been told that African names are mnemonic. Or okay. f- I'm sorry, ph- phonetic or whatever. Phonetic it's is what you meant. Yes, so, I knew what you meant, but <laughs> so you're supposed to say it how it's spelled, right? So Chiwettle, Chiwittle, Chiwittle, Ijo four, Ijo four. Okay, so no disrespect, just yeah, it's we, not we, a we name do, I just see every day. <laughs> we just don't know. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, great villain. He's a good actor, obviously. But there's also like, but a lot of it's brought down also by the fact that all of these characters make stupid decisions and overcomplicate (laughs) things for no reason. It's like they, they're like, Hey, we need to get to point B and it's right down the street. But you know what? It'd be better if we go seven blocks that way, take the subway, 
part of the way and then get out of the subway. We walk five blocks and get on a bus and then we'll finally get to where we're going instead of just walking five blocks straight. It's like using the Lyft app to get a ride to where your Uber driver is going to pick you up. None of it makes any sense. Just yeah. go to where you're going to go. But your Uber driver is being parachuted in. <laughs> yeah, he's being parachuted in. Yeah. And his his car is arriving on a ferry at the exact moment that all three things happen. Yes. Yeah. It's too much. It's too much. The movie is incoherent as far as the plot goes. The action is fun. It's over the top. I do feel like they didn't know whether this movie was going to be PG-13 or R as they were filming it. Because some of the action gets and some of the concepts get really dark. Like it, it brushes up against the, oh, this action scene would have been better if it was rated R. And this is something pulled out of a Marvel movie. And it, it feels almost like a, a crowdsourced film. <laughs> they had all these ideas. They put them together and tried to force it to work. But it, it doesn't. It doesn't work. I have a lot of questions about the character motivations and, and things like that. I think I'll, I'll end my initial thoughts and opinions here by saying that you should always wear your seatbelt. <laughs> I don't know what it is about people in movies just getting get in car chases or just going down the street. They just never wear their seatbelts. And they just never look where they're going. <laughs> wear your seatbelts. But okay. I want to break down this plot. Oh. Not step-by-step, old-school, B-roll style, but I, I have several questions. But before I do that, why don't you give us your opinions, Chris? How did you feel about this movie? I saw this movie described as the Matrix plus James Bond divided by the old guard. I don't necessarily agree with that formula. I think it's James Bond plus the old guard and just sprinkle a little bit of the Matrix in there. I think the character of Evan McCulley or Heinrich Treadway, I think Evan McCulley would be a very, very interesting character if literally... Any other person besides Mark Wahlberg played this character. Originally, apparently, Chris Evans from The Avengers, uh, Captain mm. America fame, was supposed to be the star of the film. At some point, he dropped out because he was doing something else. Whatever. I don't even necessarily think that Chris Evans is a great actor to begin with, but that's neither there nor here. The idea of a group of people, and I think she said that there's like 500 of them that, that Something like that, yeah. As far Hundreds, as they know. less than a thousand, yeah, yeah. That contain all the memories they've ever had since the very first time they were born. They talk about fighting the Punic Wars. I mean, that's in BC, French Revolution, Homeboy the Artisan has like Roman iconography all over his little hideout, which is, you know, shout out to Jason Mantazukis just showing up out of nowhere. I did not anticipate him being in this movie, (laughs) but fair enough. He showed up out of nowhere and then he (laughs) delivered the best performance in this entire film. Yeah. But the idea of someone who contains all of the memories that they've ever had in all throughout all their different lives through all the times they've been reincarnated and then gets diagnosed with schizophrenia like and takes antipsychotics like that's an amazing concept because what you're doing is you're this is how you successfully put the audience in the movie this guy has visions or he has anger issues where he as the manager of a restaurant broke some dude's arm yep and then just walked away casually like it never happened like that's how you do that, right? Because what you're doing is you're giving that character depth. They're like, well, well, why doesn't he just accept all these things that are all these memories that he used to have, or he's reincarnated? Well, because his entire life he was he's been told that he's crazy, psychotic. Like he even literally, like yeah. he even says it in the car with him. He's like, I know what's going on here. I'm having a psychotic episode. Once again, delivered in the most bland, uninspired way possible. Yeah. I really want to recast this movie with you here in a little bit. I think if you had just switched the actors, I think if we had put Chiwetel 
as Evan McCauley and mm. Mark Wahlberg as Bathurst. I think that probably would have worked out a little bit better, mainly because Chiwetel is just going all out, which I think he seems to do that in every movie that he's in. Which he only I knows how to go at 100, man. Yeah, I can respect. Yeah. But like his eyes bulge and his his body like, I don't want to say he increases in mass, but like his, if you're watching movies with him in his like his shoulders arch, like he's very much, was he Mondo in a... Doctor Strange, right? Yeah, it's he knows how to make himself seem big and intimidating. Yeah, but the operative from the Serenity movie, Mondo, and Doctor Strange in this, they're all kind of the same character, right? Which is kind of like this super kind of secret guy who's really a badass, and that just kind of flies off the handle. <laughs> yeah. Like, seemingly out of nowhere. But then at other times, is calm, cool, collected, never in a hurry, but then just flips it. All in all, not a good movie. At all. This is the only time I think I've ever truly agreed with a tomato meter score. 16%. <laughs> I, I just, like, I, I have no, there's, the only no. thing you can defend about this movie is that it looks pretty good. And that the concept is interesting as a concept. And maybe this is a situation where the original script wasn't an action movie. Mm. Right? Like, yeah. Okay. I'm looking on Wikipedia, and it says around March 2017, Paramount Pictures bought the rights to a spec script entitled An Infinite by Ian Shore. Blah, 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 blah. I don't want to leave these guys out, but Mark Veradian and Lorenzo D. Bonaventura are set to produce the film. The script was described as Wanted Meets the Matrix. That's, a, that's an action. So, I mean, Wanted is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but maybe the original s- screenplay yeah. or the original concept idea for this movie wasn't action, but I don't know. We'll never know, probably, but not great. I mean, speaking of wanted, (laughs) because you brought it up, James McAvoy, that's who should have played Evan. I think he could have Mm. done it. Yeah. We've already seen him in wanted, joined some sort of weird group that no one should trust, and he did okay. Yeah, literally anybody could have been a better Evan McCauley than Mark Wahlberg. Anybody. Yeah. You could have been a better Evan McCauley. Thank you. I've actually been told that I would be a horrible actor. (laughs) So by people who aren't actors, <laughs> that's true. That is true. They weren't actors, so I don't know how much I trust them. Hmm. Good point. Would you recommend this movie? Say you have Paramount Plus because you're watching Star Trek, right? You're watching Lower Decks and then listening to your favorite podcast about it <clears throat> called The Sci-Fi Wise Guys. Nice. And you're just looking for an action movie, just something to turn on, turn your brain off. You know, like a popcorn flick. Would you say this would be a decent choice? If Paramount Plus is your only streaming app and your only way of getting media, yeah, I guess so. Like, really? I mean, but I feel like I've watched videos on YouTube with better story than this. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, fair I, enough. I if you're going to watch know. this, you might as well just watch The Old Guard Yeah. again. <laughs> All right. So the bad guy in this film. Bathurst. Bathurst or Bathurst or whatever. His whole thing is that he's basically driven himself insane because he has complete recall of his previous lives uh, right away. Like he's in the womb and he's just chilling there and he has he's got fully developed memories. Everyone else, they kind of slowly get it during puberty. So you don't you're not born with all of those memories. All your development, most most of your early development, you are a unique individual and that adds to your personality as you move forward. Mark Wahlberg's voiceover at the end, he's talking about what did I learn by being Evan McCauley, that that type of thing. It was very interesting. 
little uh, monologue at the end, but he's just insane. He's like, I, I gotta spend not, I gotta spend months stuck in there with nothing. I can't do anything. I can't control my body. Blah blah blah. I'm tired of being around people. Yada yada yada. It's the very, I guess, typical bad guy or immortal motivation. I want to die. I wanted this to be done. Right. I'm tired of it. He does sell it very very well. That is obviously a trope or a cliche. But it didn't feel like it when he was doing it. To his credit, he wants to end it all. The way he describes it, the emotion. He's just a great actor. He really, really sold it. So his plan is to kill everything on on Earth. <laughs> all living things. Because then there's nothing for him to be reincarnated as. Assuming that he can't get reincarnated you know, as an alien or something. They don't actually discuss that. That would have been interesting. So he creates this doomsday device. This is where you get the James Bond stuff. Right. He has a doomsday device It needs this egg type metal thing in order to work. It gets stolen in a previous life. No one knows where it is. He can't make another one for reasons they don't talk about. So that's my that's my first point is they could he could have just made another one. I guess maybe they're super rare materials and he can't manufacture another one, but they never mention it. It's just left out there. There maybe there's a deleted scene that explains it. Okay. number two, he has a special gun they call the dethroner because names and it when he shoots an infinite with it one of these people who remember their past lives it <laughs> somehow we're going to put our suspension of disbelief hats on it somehow he shoots them in the head with this special bullet out of this special gun and it captures all of their memories instead of just killing them it downloads all their memories onto a computer chip and he puts them on some hard drive somewhere and they're stuck there, essentially in purgatory. I guess they're on pause, like they don't have, they're just, they're essentially dead. It's as dead as you can make them because they can't reincarnate because their soul is trapped in a computer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he just shoot himself in the head? <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the only note I have for this movie. <laughs> he wants out. I had two things. He could have either worked really hard on, uh, on, on making everyone live longer or even you know, work on immortality, so then he'll never be reincarnated, I guess, unless there's an accident or something. Or he could have just shot himself in the head and said, please don't ever destroy this computer <laughs> chip. I don't want, I don't want back in. He's this menace and he's, he's really a force of nature. He is so good at what he does, but he can't just, I don't know, he can't see the force through the trees. He's going to kill all these other people instead of just killing himself with the special gun that kills people like him. Okay. Also, Marky Mark gets superpowers at the end. And um, <laughs> I, the one thing, I, something I, so I want to give credit to this movie for is they do not set it up for a direct sequel. If there is a sequel in this to this movie, all of the characters but the artisan are dead. Like we would get new actors, I guess, playing in those yeah. roles, which right. is good. So Infinite. I don't think they're going to do a sequel based on the ratings and whatnot, but it felt it definitely felt like a movie that was trying to set it up for a sequel. Yeah. We we're going to fleece this as much as we can. And they're not. Because Mark Wahlberg is dead. His char- his his version of that character anyways. I guess the whole idea of Mark Wahlberg, his character, Evan McCauley slash Treadway, getting superpowers is I think that at some point in this movie, and I don't remember when it happened or what scene it was, probably around the 30, 40 minute mark, when he arrives at the hub or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Because you see him at the beginning. He puts his hand out the window and... Ooh, things happen. Yeah. He feels the earth or whatever, yeah. So I think that maybe... I One of them says, like, we're here to 
push forward the human experience. Something to that effect. They're there to make humanity better in whatever way possible. They're the good guys. Yeah. But they exist mysteriously. They don't know why they're there. Yeah. They don't know if some higher power has granted them this ability. They don't know if it's... I mean, obviously, they probably would have figured out if it was genetics or not. I don't know. There's not enough not enough world building. Go ahead and just... I need to see the, the production Bible for this movie so we can confirm it or die. But I think maybe, like, he's transcending the human body? Possibly. He's pushing the limits. It is interesting that the thing that was making the bad guy go crazy and want to kill everyone, being aware of himself in the womb, we see... Treadway or Evan or whomever is aware of themselves in the womb. That's the implication I got anyways, because we see them in the womb. I don't think that's him. You don't think that's him? I don't think that's him as a baby because he is born in an Indonesian, like, I guess he's Indonesian at the end of the movie. No, well, during the voiceover, he says at the end, the monologue voiceover at the end, he says, as I contemplate what I learned being Evan Ah, McCauley, and as they say that, they're showing the fetus in there now it shows a bunch of different babies because it's showing all of them be reborn but i assume that it's implying that he also gets recalled right away or at least this next this next cycle but he's using it to internalize and figure out how he could be better at you know what is this what life lessons did he learn from his last life what is the last i guess cycle teach him and how can he be better on this one so it's just two different approaches to the same problem if that makes sense He's taking advantage of it instead of feeling like it's punishment. I can see that. I don't know. I thought that was a nice little coda. If that's what they intended, and if they didn't, then I'm, you know, I I, I have a complaint about this. Not not only this movie, but just Hollywood in general. They do know that other cultures make swords, right? (laughs) Am I just the only one who, like, don't get me wrong. I think that the, the romantic image of the lone samurai practicing his katas on the mountain and the valley below him and all the clouds and all the wispiness, the dedication to the craft. I think that's rad. Yeah. But Pete, we've been making swords on this planet for what? 20,000 years. Ooh. <laughs> Hold on. I'm if actually going to look that up. <laughs> I mean, whenever the first instance of someone sharpening a rock to stab somebody, like just other cultures have made weapons before. Um, and this is one of the things I really like about the old guard is your girl, Charlize Theron carried a battle axe. <laughs> and that was rad. It was pretty rad. Your dude in here, Kovich, played by Johannes Hakur Johannesson, was r- rolling up with double tomahawks. Yep. I yep. That was kind of neat. Did you recognize this guy? Nope. He's been in a couple things. A lot of television. Uh, <laughs> he's in Game of Thrones. Of course. But he was in Letter to the King. He was Boars. Oh, okay. You know, I really liked that. Did you ever go back and watch that? Uh, I watched the second and third episode, and I think okay. I stopped for some reason. It's definitely worth uh, watching. There's a good, there's a good little good twist near the end that I I really yeah. enjoyed. Okay. Yeah, now that you're saying that, that does. Oh, he's in Cursed. Mm-hmm. And in Cursed. Oh, good. Coomber the Ice King. Uh, just so we're aware, uh, the first swords were developed in the Bronze Age, evolving from the dagger, the earliest specimens date to about 1600 BC. So not quite 20,000 years, but okay. uh, close to 4,000. Okay. But yeah, but apparently that's the only, it's the only weapon any anyone in Hollywood can use is the, the Japanese katana, as it were. Well, it's a cool sword. It's one of the few swords, the katana and other Far East swords, they, that can be easily concealed. 
right? I guess. Like, if he was like, I'm going to make a, a a long sword or a bastard sword. He's not he carrying that to, thing through the subway to go deliver it to somebody. You know what I mean? Could he use the Gladius? No. Could he use the Kopesh? Uh, I've always been a fan sword, of the scimitar. They like that a rapier. curve. Could have yeah, rapier. And his, his cane. There's a Chinese sword. I think it's a one-handed sword. I don't remember what it's called that I always liked there, the look of. There are a bevy. Oh, there are, but there's one in particular <laughs> I remember. Yeah. No, I just meant of, of swords he could have used besides Oh, that. sure, sure. But we got to romanticize it. And maybe that's from yeah. the book. I, we don't know. Who knows? Let's talk about Antoine Fakwa and how <laughs> yeah. you claim that he makes quote-unquote good movies. He's not known for making bad movies. This is his, this is filmography for just feature films. Yes. The Replacement Killers, Bait, yeah. Training Day, Tears of the Sun, King Arthur, Shooter, Brooklyn's Finest, Olympus Has Fallen, The Equalizer, South Paul, Magnificent Seven, Equalizer 2, Infinite, The Guilty, and another movie called Emancipation that has not come out yet. It's in filming, yeah. So I'm not going to send you the link, but only one of these movies on Rotten Tomatoes scores over 72%. I'm guessing Training Day? Uh, Training Day. On Metacritic, only one of them is over 60. Hmm. I don't know. I liked... I mean, obviously, Training Day is Training Day. We don't really need to talk about it. It is what it is. You, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. I've not seen Shooter. I thought Tears of the Sun was all right. I liked Olympus Has Fallen quite a bit, but that is a dumb action movie. I don't expect it to you know, rate high. The Equalizer was really good. The second one, not as good, but a decent sequel. I feel like I saw The Magnificent Seven. That is a remake, so I don't know how we want to... I don't want to talk about that, but I don't, I don't know. These aren't <laughs> bad movies. Right? I mean, we, we talk about... What's another director we talk about often on the podcast? John Suits. John Suits. <laughs> Careful. So John Suits <laughs> has a lot of movies that are not nearly as good as all of these. Like, And we've given him a lot of slack. I think the difference... They, they're playing in different arenas, right? Look, I'm, so it's I'm, hard not to, hating, I'm not hating on Antoine. You seem to be. But I just want to point out... <laughs> He just, you know, do you feel like he just likes making music I, videos? Well, I mean, if how you, do you if make you training day and then make your next credit is a video collection or a documentary or a three door, three doors down video short? Like, how do you go from one to the other? I don't understand. He hasn't directed a music video since 2011 for what it's worth. OK, fair. But enough. I mean, I wouldn't say that he makes bad movies. He makes what appear to be profitable movies. I'm looking at the box office compared oh, to the yeah. budget, and it looks like only one, two... It looks like only two of them lost money based on the information that we have present. Right, and they could have easily that, made it elsewhere with Hollywood yeah, yeah but, I financing. Mean, and Tears of the Sun made $11 million, King Arthur made uh, an additional eighty. I mean, this is just the difference between box office and budget. Sure. Uh, Shooter made an additional thirty-four. Brooklyn's Finest doubled it. Olympus Has Fallen made $100 million. Yeah, it did. The Equalizer made $140 million. Southfall tripled its budget, essentially. The Magnificent Seven made $70 million. So, I mean, he makes successful... They're successful. But I just... When we throw the term around, good. I just want to make sure that we're on the right page. (laughs) He makes good action movies. He knows how to direct and capture... Like, we were talking earlier about Chiwetel's scenes and how he just dominates... And he captured that very, very well. I mean, part of that's the actor, but it's also the director, right? Like, what's what's being captured on on film or on screen or whatever. So I think he knows what he's doing there. Now, this film has a ton of CGI. I don't know how you direct CGI shots. 
it's got to be much more difficult, I imagine, because I mean, there's an extra layer there. So I don't know. I didn't feel like direction was what made this movie falter. I think it was the story. I think it was some of the acting, especially from our leads, which is kind of like, which just blows my mind. Like, like Johannes Hawker Johannesson, good job. Toby Jones, great job. Jason Montzukas, fantastic job. Then we get our two leads. I've already mentioned it. I'm going to mention it again. Sophie Cookson, Mark Wahlberg, who just kind of, they, they're just, they're horrible. Sophie has a whole scene where she's talking about how every life she meets this other guy. I forget his name. I don't care. They meet and they live there. They meet yeah. the same place and they live their lives. together. They've been in love for how many ever cycles and blah, blah, blah. And she has the emotion, emotional range of, uh, I just, there's nothing. There's no sadness. There's no heartbreak. The words are there. Like, and I understand abstractly that I should really care about that. Like, that's really deep. But compare that to the scene in The Old Guard where the guy professes his love for his partner after they've been captured near the end. Like, that was emotional. That was, there was a lot of baggage there. And Sophie's like, she might as well just be reading the script for the first time. Yeah. I wonder if they thought they were in two different movies. What do you mean? Because... I feel like, what's her name? Cookson? Sophie Cookson. Sophie Cookson. Like, I feel like she's actually acting. Like, her mannerisms are almost off-putting to me. Like, the mm. way that she reacts around Evan. Yeah. She's really close to him all the time. Like, in all their different scenes. Like, they get face-to-face a lot. Intimate is the word I would use yeah, to describe it, how they talk to each other. Intimately. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I don't know what's going on there. This dude isn't her partner, right? And we get we get absolutely no indication that there's any sort of romantic interest between the two of them. But they literally spend almost the entire movie in each other's face. The body language doesn't match up with the intent or with with what's being said. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, and is is this dude so magnetic that people just they follow him no matter what? Okay. Well, how come no one else acts like that in this movie? Even to a lesser extent, Bathurst gives this dude his respect the entire time that I think he even says, like, be prepared because they're coming. So, like, even after shooting this guy, killing the rest of his crew and taking over their home base, he still expects this dude Treadway to make an attempt. Maybe that's it. Maybe that he's just like the Treadway, Treadway of the past was so magnetic of a personality that he just overpowered everyone no matter who you were but that doesn't that doesn't come across with any other character in this movie like mm-hmm. literally no one else kind of really gives him any respect i guess like i don't know maybe i missed it i don't know it just it seemed like that's what i'm saying maybe she was in a maybe she's acting in a completely different movie than the rest of them maybe they're all in their own movies <laughs> they all had a different idea of what was going to happen they all are people playing different people. So, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I want to shout out to Tom Hughes, who okay. played Abel. He wins my award for actor who I thought was another actor for a half second. I thought he was the one guy. I, I never remember this guy. Uh, James Michael Taylor? No, it's not it. I have no idea. He was Quicksilver. Oh. And Godzilla. Aaron? Kick-Ass? Was that, was that the movie he was in? Kick-Ass? The Kick-Ass oh, maybe. Film? No, I was thinking, of, yeah, no, Quicksilver. Oh, shoot. I don't know, man. Aaron Johnson. Who? Yeah, Aaron Perry Taylor Johnson, that guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hot second. That, actually, yeah. yeah. I can see that in the face a for little bit. Like, literally for a hot second, I was like, oh, cool. This guy's in this movie. And then he dies and we never see him again. And I was like, yeah. I didn't know Paramount had the juice. 
uh, <laughs> to be pulling this dude for you said half Quicksilver, a and I was thinking of a completely different. Oh, yeah, he was. There is a different Quicksilver universe. Right. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Threw me off. Threw me off. He's British. Whatever. Yeah, very. It's not not important. Yeah. No, I just he wins my award for actor I thought was another actor for a hot minute. Who wins your award for idiot of the movie? It's Bathurst. He literally has the he has the solution to his quandary. Like he like he complains all he's like he's like I can't do anything. I remember everything. All these people and their incessant attempts to gratify themselves. It's like just shoot yourself with your own gun. Have one of your minions stick you in your like put you in one of your little portable hard drives and like in yeah. a safe somewhere that doesn't burn or whatever. So let's pretend that he can't do that because it traps him in there and like it's torture. That's why he doesn't do it. Even though they don't talk about that. The good guys are trying so hard to find this egg, but I don't under—I don't understand why they're trying to find it. I just to keep it away from him. But it is away from him. Only Evan slash Treadway knows where it's at. So if they just kill him, they reset everything, at least for another cycle. Do they not? Like if they just killed Marky Mark instead of giving him his memories back, the bad guy would never have found the egg ever. That is a solution to a problem that they probably didn't realize was a solution. <laughs> Well, because they, well, well that's the thing. Is, they're trying to hide it. They're trying to hide it. They don't know where, well, they no don't know where, where it is. is. How are you, right. how are you trying to hide something? Like, they're trying to find something that is lost forever in order to hide it more. Right. Idiots of the movie. All of them. That's fair. The whole group of believers. <laughs> it, like, idiots of the movie. Uh, hold on. Who greenlit this? Uh, <laughs> executive. Executive. I'm going to go and assume Lorenzo Di Bonaventura. Is that it, huh? I mean, he produced the G.I. Joe movies, so do what you gotta do. Just, yeah. I didn't understand why they were trying to find it if they were only going to hide it. And I guess they could have been trying to find it to destroy it. But then again, it's, that goes back to my question of why doesn't he just make another one? There are several executive producers here. I'm going to list them. <laughs> uh, Valerie Ann, or Anne, Rafi Crone, Bradley J. Fisher, Antoine Fuqua, Brian Oliver. Several other producers and co-producers, but those are your executive producers. So Paramount Pictures yes. greenlit this movie. Yeah, of course they did. So, uh, in 2017. So Paramount Pictures 2017 executives. Okay. So who greenlights movies? The, uh, I assume the president of the Motion Picture Group, right? So president of Motion Picture Group from 2015 to 2017. Mark Evans. Idiot Mark of the movie. Evans, idiot of the movie. Got it. Yeah. So. That's. I think this is the <laughs> deepest we've ever gone to try to find the idiot of the movie. There's a lot of effort we just put into this. We put in more effort into this. I'm the idiot of the movie for suggesting it. How about that? <laughs> Not worth the price of subscription. No. You should still get all. Paramount Plus and watch Star Trek. Yes. But if, if you don't want to watch Star Trek, for one, I don't know how you're listening to us. For two, don't get Paramount Plus. Literally, Star Trek's the only reason to get it at this point. Uh, I mean, there's some other stuff on there. From a science fiction streaming perspective. Oh, yeah. yeah. From the perspective of our podcast and its niche or niche? Niche? Dealer's choice. Yeah. Please, if you've seen this movie, write in. You can email us at sci-fiwiseguys at gmail.com. Hit us up on social media at sci-fiwiseguys on the Twitter and the Instagram. Let us know what you thought of it. Suggest other better things for us to watch. We'd really, really appreciate it. You see what we end up doing when we have to pick, or when at least when Chris has to pick. Can't all be bangers. They can't. They should be, but they can't be. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Also, if you enjoyed this, please 
go on your podcasting platform of choice, hit the little heart, the thumbs up, the follow, the subscribe, whatever it is to get alerted when new episodes show up. We'd appreciate it. Give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. That goes a long, long way. And of course, the best thing you can do to support any independent podcast is just word of mouth. Share us with your friends. Share us with your enemies. Share us with your future reincarnated selves if you happen to remember. You stole that one right out of my... Did I? Did I take that one from you? My pocket was open and I was getting ready to pull it. Yeah. just took it. Yeah. You're welcome. Now we don't have to hear you say it. You can say it again. We can edit it out. Are we just are we just going to gloss over the fact that he shot the dude in the head and he had a steel plate? Like yes, the guy just okay. stood on top of a plane and then uh, and somehow lived and then uh, somehow the bad guy had a whole bunch of people with him that were also keen on destroying all life in, in the world. So who who knows? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm sorry. You can hear an audible clank. Can like, you really? When he, sh- he when he shoots him, there's a there's like a ping. And at first, I thought, oh, because they don't show it because they don't want to show the violence, so they only show him shooting the gun. Or I'm sorry, they show a shot of Marky Mark yeah. holding the sword above his head, and then you hear the gunshot, and then you hear a plink, and then he just falls over. Well, you see it sticking so. out of the back of his head, the blue light. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Okay, sorry. I just, I just I, that was bothering me. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to. So, I was trying not to talk about this movie anymore. Fair enough. <laughs> Roll us out. We just want to say thanks again for listening. Stay healthy. Stay hydrated, and just know that uh, there's a guy out there who wants to destroy all life because he can't handle it anymore. <laughs> I don't think but you he's are real. loved by the hosts and the community of this podcast. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>